Welcome to Insider Coaching for Educators, where we explore the insider knowledge coaches gain from doing the work with diverse groups of teachers and educational leaders. Join us in mindfulness practice and conversation to delve into those pieces of insider knowledge that we've all learned along the way. Whether you've been coaching for one month or for 20 years, we're so glad you're here and are thrilled to be learning with and from you. Welcome to our next episode of Insider Coaching for Educators. I'm Laura Lang. And I'm Nicole Hester. And we're coming to you from Madison, Wisconsin, and Monona, Wisconsin today. We're sitting in separate spaces, um, recording this over Zoom. And we are alone, but we are certainly not lonely at the moment. And I say that because that's going to be the focus of today's podcast. We're going to talk about the ways in which coaching can be lonely sometimes, which is a hard thing to talk about and sometimes a hard thing to admit as a coach when you're in that position. Before we get into that conversation today, as always, Nicole's going to share one piece of insider knowledge from our insider coaching community that you've shared with us, and then she's going to lead us in a mindfulness activity. Yeah, today's insider knowledge is really great. It comes from Matt, and he is a math coach specifically at in the Monona Grove School District here in Monona, Wisconsin. And what he had to say was, when someone reaches out for a coaching cycle, it's natural to view the upcoming process as something that has a start and an end point. Here's a problem. We'll work together to solve it. We'll move on. Problem solved. Looking at it like this, I get bogged down in finding solutions in an effort to, quote, help, try this routine, read this paper, try this strategy. Shifting perspective away from start end point or problem solution thinking frees us to be actual coaches. Instead of this finite thinking, try thinking in terms of connections. How can I support this person to connect where they are now and what they know with where they want to be. This is much less about finding the solution and much more about helping someone else find their own solutions. Thank you so much for this, Matt. There's so much to chew on there. (laughs) All right. So as we are talking about the loneliness of coaching, our mindfulness practice is a practice to help you befriend yourself. So go ahead and find a comfortable seat. If you're walking, find an upright stance. If you're driving, let yourself really feel supportive by your car. If it's comfortable and safe for you, go ahead and close your eyes. And then bring to mind a time when you were very supportive of someone else when you really were in someone's corner, you stood up for them, you helped them through something difficult. You may be able to bring one specific event to mind or perhaps multiple things come to your mind. As you think of these 
events or this event, this time where you were supportive of someone else. Feel into what this feels like in your body. Do you feel yourself sitting up a little straighter, leaning forward? Do you feel that there's a determined look on your face, a fierceness about you? Perhaps you feel a warming in your heart, an openness. There's not a right or wrong feeling here. Simply notice what this feels like for you. And then we're going to take this feeling and apply it to ourselves. So take a moment and imagine a difficult situation that you've been in recently. And see if you can experience those same feelings in your body when you think of this difficult situation. Feel yourself supporting yourself, advocating for yourself, loving yourself. Sit with that feeling for a moment. And as you are ready, bring yourself back into our space together by opening your eyes, maybe bringing some movement into your body, knowing that you can befriend yourself at any time that you need. Thank you, Nicole. Um, I just love how every one of your mindfulness practices that you share with us is directly connected to our focal topic for the day and really helps set just the perfect tone for our conversation that will follow. So thank you for doing that. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. So before we start talking about uh, loneliness as it relates to coaching, it's really important to define what we mean by loneliness. It's possible to be in a space and to be with lots of other people and still to feel lonely as or isolated, as many of us know. Anne mm -hmm. Sullivan, um, who is a psychologist, wrote uh, this definition of loneliness, which really connected with me. She said, it's not necessarily about social isolation. Instead, it's really about how you perceive your connectedness with others. So as Nicole mentioned, it's very possible to be lonely, um, even though you're constantly surrounded by people, which we are when we work within a school setting. Yeah, and I think that one of the things, for me at least, that that made me feel lonely was while I was connected with people, I was coaching a lot of teams and they were more connected with one another than I was connected with them. So I was like outside of the group, right? Like they were this tightly knit group and I was this outsider. And so as welcoming as they were and as wonderful as most of the teams were at trying to include me, I just wasn't part of their day-to-day. -day. So I was always a little bit on the outside. 
And on my good days, that was fine. And on days where I was feeling a little more vulnerable or a little more fragile, I felt very disconnected and it did feel really lonely sometimes. Nicole, when you took your coaching role, did you stay as connected with some of the teams that you had previously been a part of, like your grade level team or your content area team? I think that those were actually some of the places that I felt the most lonely because I had been with them and we were so intimately connected and knew and I still knew them, but like I wasn't in the same experience with them anymore. And so they would be, you know, talking about what happened in their classroom or talking about how a lesson had landed with students. And I wouldn't have the same thing to con- contribute to the conversation. So it took me some time to, uh, like recalibrate to that, I think, and to to find different ways to feel connected with them. Whereas other groups, I think, made more of an effort perhaps to like include me and bring me in, or I hadn't known them as well. So I didn't feel what was missing. How about you? Well, and I, before I share about me, I want to ask you a question also. Did your physical space change? Yes. Did your office or your desk move? Yes. Did that part in part contribute to it? I think that did somewhat. I think I was very lucky in my first couple of years. We had enough space that I had a classroom that became my office. So I got some couches and like I had a really lovely setup. So people would drop in all the time because it was a really comfy place to be. So they just come and like plop on the couch and be like, don't even talk to me. I just need to be here. Um, And then I moved down when we needed that as a classroom, which is great. I moved like way down the end of the hall next to the weight room and nobody dropped by. And I feel super lucky that that wasn't where I was at first. Cause if that would have been my first space, I'm not sure I would have made it through the year with no one ever coming to see me. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that because when I started um, in a new district, as a new coach, you know, where I didn't have any teaching experience, mm-hmm. I was placed in a classroom, kind of like you were initially. And it was really hard and really lonely for me. And I had no one next, no one next, next to me physically. Mm-hmm. So I had to physically leave my space in order to make those new connections. And then like you, when they needed my classroom, they um, couldn't figure out what to do with me, like where to put me. (laughs) And I, it was, it got to the point where it was actually comical, not only for me, but for the people around me who I was interacting with. Because at one point, my desk was in a study hall. Um, They walled off, and I mean walled off with temporary walls, Mm -hmm. um, so we could still hear everything, you know, (laughs) all the way up to the ceiling. so we had temporary walls and one, one morning, I'll never forget this, I walked in. You know, we didn't have a formal door on our space either. Um, I walked in and my desk was gone. It was just all my stuff in it. We, it, we, it was in this huge cavernous um, study hall room 
And it took me about five minutes of searching to figure out that somebody for some reason had moved it to the farthest corner of the study hall room. Hadn't told me, hadn't put it back, all this stuff was in it. Um, and then I, um, after that, asked for, requested that we move. And then I was put in the um, like support services wing. And I still feel like I didn't quite connect. You know, I didn't belong there. Yeah. Um, and so I went into a variety of spaces and people were very kind and welcoming, but I just didn't feel like I, I could figure out where I belonged within this new school. And it came almost comical. I tried to make a joke out of it because otherwise it was sad and in many ways hurtful to me that, right. um, that there wasn't a space for me. And I think that that is like a, physically there wasn't a space for you, but also if it's not really clear what your role as a coach is, there's not like intellectually and emotionally a space for you with people either. If they don't know what it is you're doing or what your purpose is, or they think that, you know, you're there to fix them or make some sort of change, like force some sort of change, I think that can really contribute to the loneliness as well. I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is, um, I think that was the key challenge that I faced within that particular school building. And I remember that once, once I realized that there wasn't a clear definition of my role, I actually spent a lot of the first year working with other coaches in the district who were located in different buildings, um, working together with them to craft a more coherent, explicit description of what our role should be. We were all facing similar challenges. Um, they showed themselves in different ways within our different buildings, but that lack of role definition was a real challenge for me in that space. I think that that is very very hard. And I think it's hard whether you are new to a building or whether you've been in a building forever. You know, like, I don't think that that matters if people have experience with you or not. I think if, if no one knows what you're doing, it's really hard for them to invite you in, in any way. It is right. And we've, we've talked so far about about the challenges of shifting from classroom teacher and to instructional leader and the sometimes vague or unclear, you know, role definitions that can come with that. We've talked mm -hmm. about the fact that um, you don't necessarily belong to groups anymore that you take for granted um, or that you took for granted in the past. Um, sometimes the physical space is a challenge. What are some other, Nicole, reasons that you think coaching can sometimes feel very lonely? I think that one of the pieces, and it didn't really occur to me until I was doing a little bit of reading about this, but you know, there's oftentimes in a lot of coaching programs, so much talk about what you do as a coach needs to remain confidential. And if that is the case, then it's hard to share any connections that you make with people um, and I, there was an article, a blog post that Diane Sweeney wrote 
that basically indicated that if we're really trying to foster collaboration and connection, we need to be a little bit less concerned about confidentiality. And that certainly there are pieces of conversations that should remain confidential. But like, if you're coaching and the things that you're coaching around don't need to be confidential so that you can, when you're in a, like, I found that this was helpful once things freed up a little bit to be like in a conversation with the ninth grade social studies teachers and have them talk about something and be like, oh, you know, so-and-so is also really struggling with that in their English class, or they found that this thing worked Whereas if you're really trying to be strict about confidentiality, you can't make connections for people. And if you can't make connections for other people, it's oftentimes hard for them to make connections back to you, which again, I think can lead to things feeling really lonely. And I think making connections between people within our buildings is one of our core responsibilities as a coach. And I think yes. it's a place where we really have the power to help influence culture, um, a culture of collaboration within the school. And, and that harkens back a little bit to the piece of insider knowledge that Matt shared that like part of it is connecting people from where they are to where they want to be. And oftentimes that means you need to connect them with other people. You do. You know, this is different for every coach that certainly that I know, um, because every coach works in a slightly different context. Some mm -hmm. coaches are hired at the district level. Um, some coaches are external, which brings about kind of different um, affordances and constraints. And some coaches are hired at the building level and based at the building level. And, but as a coach, you, you often get access Mm -hmm. to some decision-making processes and um, policies and protocols and information that you didn't necessarily have access to. Yeah. You're a classroom teacher. And I think you even just get a different perspective, right? Like you can see pieces, like you can see all of the pieces in a different way than you can when you're classroom teacher in part because of that access in part because you see more groups of people and so you get a different perspective which sometimes makes it hmm, I don't know what the right word is exactly but I found sometimes that it was challenging to still feel the same way that I did when I was a classroom teacher about some issues and then finding that line between like, yeah, I hear what you're saying and, and what you want to do is just talk about your experience, but also like, let me explain why this is the case, which can be really isolating as well, right? Like if you're trying to provide a bigger context when people just want to live in their context and they want to be able to like say, this is my experience. I don't know. It's a complicated interaction, I think. It's very complicated. And in particular, in situations where there's a clear divide between administration and teaching staff. Yes. Um, then you're even more so placed as a coach in this gray area. Right. Because you're not part of either one of them, really. 
Right. I think it's caused me for certain to feel more isolated and more alone um, because I tried always to see my role as first and foremost as an advocate for the teachers. Mm -hmm. That's not often the way that I was perceived. Right. By either district administration or building-based administration. Instead, they saw me as somebody who could help, you know, enact their specific agendas, Mm -hmm. policy priorities. And if you're lucky, you're in a place where that top down and bottom up are like growing the same thing. But that's very rare, I think. Like, instead, you're being asked by both sides to do something and then you get pulled in all sorts of directions. And that's very challenging. And um, I think this is a good place to bring in to uh, what I thought was a really powerful quote and article actually from the Harvard Business Review called How Peer Coaching Can Make Work Less Lonely. Um, The authors talk in this article about um, the systemic and cultural issues that contribute to loneliness. And I just want to read this because in a way it made me feel a little bit better when I read it. (laughs) They say loneliness isn't usually a failure of the employee, but is rather a failure of systemic cultural issues. And then they go on to say cultural issues that discourage genuine relationships lead to loneliness. Um, So I think that sometimes, again, as a coach, we're in this kind of strange in-between place that feels lonely, uh, even when we're in a very supportive culture. Mm -hmm. But when we're not in a supportive um, school culture, it's, it's hard to step back sometimes and remind yourself that, well, maybe this isn't just about me or my failings or my inability to make connections, maybe really it is a larger uh, issue that I I don't have as much control over as I'd like to be. I'd like to. Yeah. I think that that is a super important thing to keep in mind because it's so easy to turn on yourself and just think it's something that you need to fix about you as a person. And rarely is that the case. I mean, just like so many of the issues that we see in school, it's, it's a systems issue, not an individual issue. So it seems like we have had a lot to say about why folks and coaches are lonely. And we're at our time for this podcast episode, because as always, we want to be respectful of your time. So if you tune in next week, we can talk about some things that you can do to help address that loneliness for yourself personally and maybe even for the culture of your building. And for our take action segment today, we're going to encourage you, particularly if you are in a situation where you feel less connected to colleagues uh, because of your coaching position, would encourage you to um, jump on our social media sites and introduce yourself. As always, at the end of each episode, we're going to ask you to share a piece of insider knowledge that you've gained in your coaching experience. 
please share them with us on our social, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or check us out on our website, Insider Coaching for Educators with the number four. See you next episode.